Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck, a medallia company, and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer a certification program for CSMs and coaching for customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Cutler, the Vice President of Strategy, Transformation, and Customer Success at Software AG. Over the past year, his organization has added a new customer success function, and he's agreed to share his experience with putting customer success in place in a mature organization and one that has been focused on on-premise software. Andrew, I'm so glad you could join me on the show today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Kristen. For a little background on you, can you share how you ended up in your current role? What was your career path? Sure. Um, so I've moved around uh, a little bit into different roles in the software vendor world, um, but always been in front of a customer, I guess, uh, whether that's actually being one in the beginning or professional services consultant, pre-sales, sales, more strategic roles in the go-to-market. Mm -hmm. um, and as a result of the transformation that we've been working on here at Software AG, I, I came into um, a job opportunity with our new Chief Revenue Officer, John Schweitzer. And of mm -hmm. course, as part of the transformation, one of the big things for us is customer success. And I've kind of fallen into this whole whole world. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people kind of fall into this whole world. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about Software AG. I'd love to hear a little history on the company and if you can share where you are in terms of building out customer success, that would be great as well. I think SoftWedge is one of these uh, funny companies, actually. it's uh, we, we, We're a little bit biased, but we like to think that uh, we're the best software vendor you've never heard of. Um, but obviously, we're, <laughs> we're working Not biased hard. at all. <laughs> <laughs> we're working hard to change that, though, so that we're the best software vendor you have heard of as well. Um, we um, we celebrated our 50th anniversary last year, which is um, puts us in That's pretty amazing. rarefied air. Yeah, that uh, we've survived um, so long. Um, interestingly enough, that's the same um, year that we were founded as the um, first man on the moon. Oh, so wow. That was uh, a really big celebration for us last year. Um, and, you know, we, we have a varied range of business units, but one of the biggest things about us is that we've always remained fairly independent from, from some of the bigger players. Uh, and we have everything from, you know, the integration market, integration and APIs through to IoT, uh, process transformation, and some of our uh, application, uh, transform, application processing uh, products have been around with customers for decades. 
So we met through one of um, our team members at the Success League, Cameron, who worked with you on aspects of your project. And a little over a year ago, you started to focus on customer success at Software AG. Can you tell us a little bit more about the initial drivers and goals behind adding the customer success function? It's kind of an interesting paradox now that I've just described to you that we're a company that's been around for 50 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, imagine trying to calculate uh, customer lifetime value for some of those earlier customers, right? Um, you, yeah. don't, you don't survive that long without good customer retention and sticky solutions. So it's kind of an interesting question to ask, like why customer success? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it really comes back to the fact that it's tied to our business model shift that we're going through right now. So we're shifting to both Obviously, we aspire for growth, but more importantly, shifting to subscription and that whole business yeah. model. And it just means that the way customers expect you as a vendor to work and the way everything changes in SaaS and recurring revenue, um, it means we get to keep a lot of the great aspects of what we've done in different departments around customer success. But we really need to add a dedicated function to it to focus on adoption, usage, and more complete interaction uh, no matter what stage the customer's uh, life cycle's at. Yeah. Um, tell me about the way that you're having your team focus in customer success right now. What it, What is that focus or the mission of that group? As I mentioned, we have a lot of good, strong departments that interact with the, with the customer. Um, mm -hmm. I was about to say post the sale, but really, really at any point in the life cycle, yeah. Where where we have our team focusing as an incremental benefit is really around a deep understanding of adoption and usage of the software and continued value from it. Got it. Um, just because the previous business model, you know, perpetual, that whole world can have you get a, a little bit, let's say, lazy with tracking that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So that's that's a big focus of, of our team. Got it. So Andrew, most organizations even today kind of relate customer success to SaaS companies and Software AG has some SaaS-like parts of the business, but the bulk of the company operates as a traditional on-premise software provider. How did you draw the connection between customer success and your company? The first thing I'd say, actually, the good news is that we're, we're moving a lot faster than people think in the shift towards subscription. Yeah. Um, Something that I can say because it's it's from our Q1 earnings, um, so it's 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 in the public domain. You know, we had 69% of all of our bookings within our digital segment were subscription or SaaS based. Um, oh wow! Yeah, so we're we're moving uh, quite a bit faster than 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 people thought into this whole world. So it, it's it's kind of interesting. We also have. Uh, a fantastic recent acquisition. Um, the the brand is called Trendminer. And oh, yeah. uh, they came to us as a subscription business uh, with an already functioning customer success team. So that gives us an, an awesome res reference point. Um, so to be honest, I actually don't agree. Sorry, don't agree. I actually don't disagree uh, that people relate customer success to SaaS as a specific mm -hmm. discipline. Um, because I personally think that it would be incredibly difficult to draw the connection between a specific customer success management team or discipline and software AG if we weren't also conducting um, a top-down total transformation of our business model to subscription. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, being customer focused is what every good company does. Um, needing a customer success manager is something more related to the quirks of the business model, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we have some examples of that. Some previous folks in our company had attempted uh, to look at customer success management initiatives, lots of very smart people, lots of great ideas, but it never kind of really got off the ground just because it didn't have the same imperative as, um, you know, we're, we're shifting to this business model and therefore we really need this function now. Right. Um, as you well know, at this point, adding any function to an existing organization's huge, huge challenge. <laughs> How did you decide on an approach to the projects and what was, was your approach? <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would say that that's an ongoing beast. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely not over yet. I mean, everything we're doing is a multi-year journey. Um, mm-hmm. It's a marathon, not a sprint, like uh, a lot of people would like to say. I think one of the key, key approaches is a bit of a healthy mix of strategy and execution. And what I mean by that is uh, not obsessing on creating, I don't know, for example, the the world's most all-encompassing customer journey that has every customer type and every role (laughs) in the company with a full racy matrix to work out how customer success might fit in. Um, You know, we we develop a picture and a framework um, Mm -hmm. and some boundaries and a bit of a blueprint, but then start with some real Swiss army knives people in the team and, and crowdsource it a bit more. Because then I feel like you get a, a more accurate fit to what the customers are actually asking for. And you also um, keep things moving along rather than getting stuck in analysis paralysis. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no shortage of good ideas. The tricky thing is is always in, in executing. Yeah. Um, but then the other, the other aspect, of course, is a really big focus on communication. Um, so we've created... Lots of newsletter articles. Um, as you know, because you were a guest on it, we launched an internal <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's different to be the guest, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, hopefully you're you're better at me than that pushing record, though, because if you recall, we recorded the first minute or so. Oh, that's right. <laughs> had to do it again. Um but yeah, so, you know, things like that, lots of different styles of communication because everybody has their own preferences. Um, yeah. And also being really intentional in that communication to recognize that if you, you know, the easiest thing to do would be to come in um, as like a, a, a knight in shining armor and say, I'm here, I'm here to roll out customer success. Everything before was terrible. And now that customer success is here, everything's going to be fantastic. And I think what that does is, you know, it, 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 it kind of um, detracts from the good work that everybody yeah. needs to do from a customer success perspective. You know, support at our organization does a phenomenal job and professional services and all the other teams that still need to be there. So we, we focus a lot on making sure that people understand that this is an incremental addition. It's not replacing something or, or, right. or taking away from the good things that are already there. Yeah, you also have a really pretty comprehensive sales organization that this needed to fit in with as well and yeah. make sure those folks weren't um, nervous about what was going to be happening. And I know that was that was something that was a big part of um, kind of the communication too, I think, right? 
Yeah, we and we we look to celebrate that as much as possible where it works. So mm-hmm. um, one of the biggest relationships, as you mentioned, is that account team relationship. Um, and so where we have examples where I don't know an, an account executive um, in our sales team might forward a piece of good feedback about a customer success manager that they worked with recently. Um, we'll make sure we really surface that up and celebrate that and share it around to kind of spread around that, hey, this is actually something that can that can help everybody achieve their goals. It's, it's nothing to be concerned about. Yeah, that's great. How did you decide on how to structure your customer success team? Yeah, I, I think in some ways we, we have a bit of an advantage here in that, I mean, customer success and customer success managers is still relatively new. But having said that, there's a lot of people out there that have done this. So we did a huge amount of research um, externally to see the way that other companies had made decisions like that, peers, competitors, and um, and and looked at what the industry had done so far. Mm-hmm. And what we ended up deciding was that, particularly in the beginning, um, we didn't want the new customer success managers to get confused about their role. Um, and I think that can 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 occur if you're just a sub-department of another team or, or too closely linked to another team, mm-hmm. it, it's, it can be very difficult to understand what your true incremental role is. So we decided to report the function and the initial investment right up to the chief revenue officer. Mm-hmm. So that it's kind of a peer alongside sales and professional services and other departments. Um, and so I guess that's one element about the structure that, I, that I'd mentioned in terms of reporting lines. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we also had to deal with some some structural uh, concerns around the fact that we operate in quite a number of fairly unique markets in one company. Mm-hmm. So unlike some of maybe the more niche targeted SaaS vendors who have one product, one market, you know, we have um, quite a few. So we need to work on a matrix structure that has a strong regional link to the account teams where the customer mm-hmm. relationships really sit, but then also like a, a real mix of some dedicated domain expertise. Yeah. Before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Right now in the spring of 2020, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I hope that those of you who are listening have a safe place to stay and that your friends and family are healthy. At the Success League, we're sheltering in place and finding new ways to work remotely with our customers. I know that many of you are doing the same, and I wanted to share a few free resources with all of you. First, we have almost five years of weekly customer success articles in our blog archive. If you need some short but powerful things to read, check out the blog page on our website, thesuccessleague.io. Second, we started an online customer success book club. This quarter, we're reading What Customers Crave by Nicholas Webb. If you're interested in joining the club, please reach out to me at Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at thesuccessleague.io. Finally, the Success League partnered with Strike Deck to provide exercises for each chapter in their free ebook, A Beginner's Guide to Customer Success. If you're looking to enrich your knowledge of our field or grow skills across your team, this book is a great place to start, and you can find it on the resources page on strikedeck.com. 
I hope that all of you stay safe and healthy during this pandemic and that you are able to make the most of your stay-at-home time by growing your family relationships and building your career and customer success. I also want to mention Strike Deck's new Customer 360 template. This free download is the best way to figure out if you're ready for a customer success tool. It is an automated spreadsheet that will help you keep track of all your current customers, generating an individual health score for each one. Quick reports can be easily developed through the Analytics tab, and tasks can be tracked on the Task Manager. If you're looking for a quick, simple to use, yet robust solution for your CS needs, StrikeDeck's Customer 360 template is the tool for you. Download your copy today at strikedeck.com. And now, back to our interview. So Andrew, I know you did a lot of hiring from inside Software AG. What was the profile of the CSMs you were looking for and how did you approach recruiting? We have um, a really open mindset on the talent we could transfer. Um, but ultimately the, the biggest hotspots for us so far have been uh, professional services, pre-sales, and to a limited degree support. Okay. And if you start to see that trend, it's not surprising, right? Because all of these roles involve some kind of empathy, working with the customer, but then also mm -hmm. some level of depth in the product um, and potentially some domain expertise. Yeah. And that's kind of the shortcut we needed to have people up and running as, as soon as uh, possible. I guess one of the things I just mentioned about those transfers as well is that it can be tempting to think of transfers as a really easy shortcut uh, in, <laughs> you know, into doing it, but yeah. <laughs> the, it, it does come with its own unique challenges, right? Because right. people come with different pay banding and ratios in their variables and skills changes and you know, a professional services consultant might not be used to managing a target or, you know, yeah. the other way around with pre-sales. So it's, uh, it's been an interesting challenge. Yeah. Well, and I think it's not always an easy sell to talk someone into going into kind of an unknown team when they're coming from an existing team that's pretty well established. Um, so you kind of have to do a little selling too, I think. Yes. A lot of selling. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as you have you have you done any hiring from outside the organization yet or has it all been internal at this point? We've we've started to do that, but obviously okay. um, we're relatively early on in the journey for this dedicated team. OK, um, in fact, r realistically speaking, it's since the start of this year that we've scaled mm -hmm. anything meaningful. Um, so the initial focus was to build up a nucleus of people from internal transfers so that when mm -hmm. we start bringing on those folks from external, they have um, a fast track towards understanding software AG. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great approach. Um, as you started to lay out goals for the team, how, how did you decide what success was for your new customer success group? So as I mentioned, our biggest niche, um, because I'm all about making sure we focus on some kind of incremental impact of the team. Um, not just say renaming another goal or department that somebody else is already right. doing. Yeah. Um, and so the main goal there is improving kind of either things like onboarding or just the general fuzziness we developed over time about adoption and usage mm -hmm. um, and ongoing value of our customers. How that translates practically is that we split our goals of the team a little bit 50-50 between 
activities associated with the leading indicators for that, um, mm-hmm. like activity-based stuff or usage, adoption, NPS and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, but then splitting that with uh, real financial outcomes like net retention of the ARR. Yeah. Um, so that's the way we've set up the goals from the, from the start. Um, was it pretty easy for your team members to um, learn and adopt those goals or did you run into any challenges with that because you had people from teams that maybe hadn't had so much structure around their goals before? I think the the interesting education there was that from the very beginning of even talking to somebody um, who maybe they came to me at sales kickoff and expressed interest in joining the team. Mm-hmm. From the very beginning, I set the expectation around these type of goals in most conversations. Okay. And that meant that people weren't surprised by it, let's say, when, when they got serious about the transfer. Um, and I think the other the other good, good thing at the moment is that our whole company is learning a lot of these terms and goals, right? The, the idea of of net retention and, and, and mm-hmm. all of that sort of stuff is is becoming more and more part of our DNA as we shift towards a subscription company. And because of that, there's lots of education going on for everybody internally about these type of metrics. So that makes it a little bit easier for us. That's great. Yeah. Tell me what's next for customer success at Software AG. What are the plans? I mean, don't give everything away, but <laughs> what are you working on? Well, the obvious stuff, of course, is that we're keeping keeping the hiring up, um, mm-hmm. becoming more and more data-driven. Um, you know, that's the usual, I think, progression in maturity of, uh, of a customer success practice, of course, along with all of the other leaders of our departments that are working on that that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um i think uniquely for us what's next is that we really want to flex our own muscles a bit actually through mm-hmm. the use of our own software and solutions in the customer success space oh that's great because it seems like you know we have some pretty market leading products in the space of for example you know the process transformation business unit i mentioned before and that we have a market-leading product called Aris there that's uh, not that we're here to kind of do a open <laughs> plug, but, you know, it, 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 it does things like customer journey mapping and uh, process mm-hmm. mining and all sorts of stuff that I, I hear people talking about all the time. You know, no one person owns the customer. A customer journey owns the customer. Um, right. And uh, I think we have a lot of relevance to add there back um, into the practice. And then once again... In our other business unit integration, I think there's uh, a lot of unique capabilities there to link all of the various data sources that you want to pull together um, into a customer success platform um, for better insights. So yeah, well, that's one of the big next things for us, aside from the obvious progressions, is to really flex our own muscles and use our own software in, in this space. That's great. Um if someone in our audience is considering adding customer success inside of a mature company or they're in the middle of this project, uh, what would be your advice to them? I would say if you're a mature organization, uh, don't kid yourself that you can just do <laughs> do customer success You know, right. by, by making a new team or renaming an existing one. Um, 
I am pretty big on the idea that if Software AG was not transforming its whole business model, then it would be really hard to explain and justify the the role and need for this new team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what you would have to be asking yourself if you're considering it is, you know, am I in a company that is doing it as part of an overall organizational shift to subscription or cloud or, or something like that? Um, if not, I think you're probably um, really uh, battling against the tide there. Yeah, I agree. I think um, it needs to be a whole company effort and everyone needs to understand it. And there's a lot of change management that goes along with it. And it takes time. I think you guys are a great example of being very methodical about it, but also allowing enough time to do it. I mean, you've been working on this for how long now? A year and a half, two years almost? About the customer success, about a year. A year, yeah, but, okay. But the company's yeah. been on, on, the, on the road towards subscription for a year and a half, two years now. Yeah, so it's not something that you thought, oh, we'll just pop this in there overnight. <laughs> and yeah. I think that was smart of you guys to, to think about it as a longer term strategy. Yeah. So last question, what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? As someone who's coming into customer success right now, where it is, mm-hmm. um, what I notice is that the, I, I suppose the the novelty value, I, I don't want to say is wearing off, but, <laughs> but, you know, like you, you're really starting to see this effect now that customer success is becoming more prevalent, which is fantastic. Um, but by the same token, it means that if you put yourself in the shoes of the customer, it means that, you know, they're facing a huge number of vendors who all want to do the same thing to them, right? We all think we're being very unique in what we're doing for them, but they might have five EBRs to attend that week with different vendors. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the one of the biggest trends that, that I can see happening in the coming years is, is people really trying to differentiate on the levels of service and what they do um, in the in the uh, interactions that they have with customers, just to make sure that they're not they're not just ticking the box and running some EBRs or something like that, you know. Because at at that point, you you really just begin one of the masses. You won't be able right. to differentiate your experience. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, and I you know I hear more and more companies start to talk about micro segmentation of the customer base. So it's not just you know one journey, but it's a journey that has a lot of different potential paths that it could go down based on what the customer's needs are. And I think that you're right, that's kind of the direction we're going in so that, you know, everyone can kind of stand out and meet the customers where they are. Yeah, exactly. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your experiences over the past year with our audience today. I appreciate your advice and I know the audience does as well. Thanks for taking the time out to talk with me. No problem. Thanks for having me on the show. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, so I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, that's okay. probably the best way to contact me, Andrew Cutler. You'll find okay. me there. Great. Thanks, Andrew. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io 
and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.